Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it, so how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Thank you for coming back. This is episode five of our uh, Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. And today I have with me one of my first cohorts for me on my peace building journey. Her name is Ann Creter. She is, we'll talk all about what we've done in the past, but she, her work, she's been at this for years and she is part of the global movement for the culture of peace, global alliance for ministries and infrastructures for peace. And that's with the UN and the Peace Alliance, the Department of Peacebuilding Committee. So, Anne, thank you for being here with me today. I'm so excited to have you. Absolutely excited. So I want to say hi to all the folks. Well, I'm very excited to be here two days after the election. It's just very fortuitous that you picked this. We picked this time to talk. Yeah. Yeah. So we so this is Monday, November 9th. So we just found out that Joe Biden has won the election and now it's time for the transition. And so, you know, it's you know, it's a time of a lot of a lot of transition like like 2020 has been. So, Anne, I wanted to talk about like your journey with the peace building process and the Peace Alliance and the UN and all that you do, all the work that you've done. It's it's monumental. And, you know, us, the children and everything, the people should know about you and, and what your work is. So, you know, what kind of things do you do with the UN? I mean, that is always so interesting to me. Well, I'm glad that you opened with that because I realized when you were talking about my affiliations that I forgot to clarify that I'm a UN representative with Peace Through Unity, which is an NGO at the UN. And so I've been working within the uh, UN NGO community for the last more than 15 years. And we've evolved into uh, the the people that I affiliate with there are part of a, of a group of uh, a coalition of NGOs who are proponents of this UN resolution to create a Department of Peace, uh, uh, not a Department of Peace, I'm sorry, the culture of peace. I got all these different <laughs> resolutions and departments and stuff, and sometimes it gets confusing. But there was a resolution passed in the United Nations in 1999 called the Declaration and Program of Action on the Culture of Peace. 
And it's a monumental resolution that many people haven't heard of yet, but it's becoming more and more well-known throughout the world because it's, it was the, the watershed uh, resolution that gave clarity as to how you actually create peace in the world through various actions on different domains, uh, eight different domains that they named. And it's the work that when we first started, when I first started being connected at the UN, the ambassadors at the UN really didn't talk about the whole concept of a culture of peace. And so my work with the group that I'm affiliated with there, including with Ambassador Andro Chowdhury, who was the ambassador at the time that actually passed the resolution, got it through the General Assembly after nine months of you know working towards advocating for it with there were certain countries that objected to it at the time. And he eventually got a, a consensus for it. So now in, in the last, I guess, seven to eight years, we've had high level forums on the culture of peace every year in September around the anniversary of when the bill was passed or the resolution was passed. It's not a bill. It really, not yet. You know, it's not a law, right? But it's a mandate that really describes the normative standards that the world needs to have in order to create peace in the world. So, yeah. yeah, I remember going up there for one of the high level forums and sitting in the big room. And I think it was like 2010, I want to say. And it was just like so amazing to be in that room, in that space. And yeah, so it's just all inspiring that this is such a, you know, peace is such a nebulous concept for people. And the fact that there's structures and there's laws and there's things, best practices that we can do that will help us develop societies and cultures of peace. It's just a no brainer to me, you know, and I would think for most people. So I I just really think that, you know, the more that we can put these practices into our daily life and into our society, the better off we will all be, no matter what your political affiliation is and what, you know, so did you have something? Did you want to well, I just remembered that I wanted to share the, the resolution. I wanted to just say the very important part of this UN resolution about how you actually create a culture of peace. They want to say the culture of peace because we want it to be something that's global around the world, that there's eight action areas that are identified in the resolution. And they are number one, Fostering a culture of peace through education. That is really the whole heart of all of the peace building is about educating people on actions that can be taken that will increase nonviolence and decrease violence because nonviolence is actually a science that we've established in the last 30 years through peace studies that uh, there are certain actions that you take that will enhance violence, escalate violence, and certain actions that will decrease it. And so that's really about, we wanna educate people in alternatives to violence. Number two is promoting sustainable economic and social development. Number three, promoting respect for all human rights. Number four, ensuring equality between women and men. Number five, fostering democratic participation. 
which we've been really living with in the last couple of days. It's just been so awe-inspiring, the democracy in action. Number six, advancing understanding, tolerance, and solidarity. Number seven, supporting participatory communication and the free flow of information and knowledge. And number eight, promoting international peace and security. All right, cool. So I'm sure that there's a link to that that I can we can put in the show notes that yes. people can can get to that. And I think you gave that to me when you were putting everything together. So people can really look at that and see where that fits in to their own life and what what would help our listeners to to really establish, you know, and and see what they want to work on. And because yeah. a lot of this is work and the more people that do the work the, the less work it is. And uh, so uh, thank you for talking about the UN. And I'm sure we can talk, you know, more and more and more about that. But I really want to talk about the Peace Alliance and our work there and going down to DC and, and lobbying Congress for developing the Department of Peace building, cabinet level Department of Peace and having a peace Secretary of Peace. And yeah, so talk about that and we can, I'll chime okay. in. Yeah. Well, let me hook that into how that relates to the UN resolution to create a culture of peace, because that's really the essence of my peace work is about the connection between this, this document at the UN, that's watershed moment when it was passed, and how that relates to my soul's work, which I believe has been about creating a Department of Peace building. And that link is in the UN resolution, it's Article 5, because it states in Article 5 that governments have an essential role in promoting and strengthening a culture of peace. So that's the, the essence of what a Department of Peace building is all about, is that it's through establishing these kind of infrastructures within governments all over the world that we're going to create a culture of peace. So the, the uh, thank you, thank you for making that link. It yes, makes, thank yeah. you for for, asking, for starting with the um, UN resolution because it all you know it all kind of drives together, and yeah. it's becoming more and more of awareness in people's consciousness the actual link between creating a culture of peace and creating these governmental infrastructures that will foster and strengthen building the culture of peace. Before I talk about the Peace Alliance, I want to just take put another layer in here. That's okay. Is that when you mentioned that I've been working with the Global Alliance for Departments, well, it's actually now called the Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures for Peace, is a, an international organization that I've been working with since it was founded in 2004, because there are countries all around the world that actually have well, there's a few, it's not a whole lot yet, but there's actually like several countries that have departments of peace within their governments already. And it's Costa Rica, the Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, Ethiopia, and most interestingly, Afghanistan just created a, a department of peace uh, last year that we're trying to become more involved with. So that to me puts a larger perspective on that this is not this idea of creating a department of peace is not just some, you know, uh, crazy hippie idea, you know, 
it's actually based on the science of peace building and peace studies and people around the world are getting that now so with that well thank you um, again for making another link it's just all of us so the the peace alliance was formed in 2005 right after the Dennis Kucinich campaign when he was running for president he was a congressman from Ohio and also had a very spiritual background and in 2001 he drafted a bill that was presented to Congress. This was the month before 9-11, when everybody thought it was actually like really crazy to talk about like peace then, that it was, he, it was about creating this Department of Peace, which they called the bill at the time. Now it's known as the Department of Peace Building. Mm-hmm. But when I first heard of the idea at a spiritual politics conference in, in the year 2000 during the Bush Gore presidential election, that was when I first came in contact with Dennis Kucinich presenting this bill that he was, it was actually a draft of the bill that he hadn't actually introduced in Congress yet. And because of my Quaker background and the fact that I've always been really interested in politics, it just, I knew when I first heard about it that I, I really was called to work on making it a reality. So then I learned then that it wasn't such a crazy radical idea out of nowhere that actually in the history of our country, there's been many times when this whole idea has actually been talked about. Before our founding fathers entertained the idea, it was actually the Iroquois nation in the northeastern part of the country that actually embodied and lived in a way, in a governing way that approximated what we now want as a department of peace. And wow, um, I didn't know it. I didn't know it went all the way back. Yeah, because but then yeah. and it even gets better because uh, then in the founding fathers, Dr. Benjamin Rush, was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. And when the country was first coming together, forming the government, the first four departments that were created, one of them was the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. No, wait, the Department of War. I'm sorry, it was called the Department of War then. And Dr. Benjamin Rush argued back then that there should be another department to balance the Department of War in a way that would create peace. But the interesting thing, of course, is that back in the back in those days, the science of peace building hadn't really been established. You know, we didn't have the, the UN resolution on how to create a culture of peace. We didn't have colleges and universities all over the country that you could actually major in this discipline now. But then after that, uh, to make a long story short, it's an interesting history. There have been many different bills that have been introduced in Congress. The Rotarians actually promoted it like in the 1930s. And in the 1960s, the late 60s, during the Vietnam War, that was when it got the most traction from Democrats and Republicans. It was like bipartisan. You know, that's the way peace is. It's bipartisan. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, we've been trying for years to get Republicans to become co-sponsors, and that hasn't happened yet. But I think it may now as we move forward. So let's let's hope. Let's let's put it out there. And yeah, because there's so much. And that's what I learned when we were going down to D.C. and at the conferences and learning about how expensive having a world of war and conflict is and the ramifications of that. So 
I always talk about how self-love leads to inner peace, inner peace leads to world peace. So therefore self-love leads to world peace. So if we can, if we can all love ourselves, then getting to that world peace isn't such a stretch. And so if we can have this full scope of what it means to be a peace builder and the economic ramifications of that, you know, of teaching mindfulness in school and teaching kids how to deal with stress and so that they don't go into drugs or get into trouble or whatever it is that kids do, but then, you know, how to help adults in the same, in the same breath of really getting to this place of self-love where everybody's needs of, you know, that deep self-love are met. And the, the economic cost of having a, a conflict society, a conf- you know, a society that is in constant conflict whether it's through self or with other people, with other groups is, is astronomical, you know? And so when, whenever we talked to a Republican staffer, it was always about the cost. This is going to take from this and it's going to take, we, we need money for defense. It's like, no, we, we want a small piece of the pie. And I remember, (laughs) remember going to like to our local congressman here on mother's day you know, the two of us, we go and, and deliver a pizza or deliver a pie to the staffers at the, you know, in their local office to just say, you know, peace wants a piece of the pie. Can you talk about that? Do you have that information? The, the economic? Well, what I, I love how you're getting into the, the nitty gritty of what the Peace Alliance is all about, because Peace Alliance is a national campaign that focuses on raising consciousness about this this bill to create a Department of Peace. And in its heyday, when it's in a transformation now, and it's it's really coming back big, but in its heyday in in around 2005 and beyond, we actually were divided into congressional districts all over the country, where uh, almost all of the congressional districts, maybe, well, that's kind of an exaggeration, maybe at least... uh, two-thirds of congressional districts had Peace Alliance state coordinators and local district coordinators that had groups of people that would go around to advocate with the specific Congress people that were they were the constituents of. And it, it, that was how that we got a lot of co-sponsors for the bill. And in the course of taking that political action, that wonderful civic democratic action that we did. I mean, you know, we all, I remember you and I, when we would walk the halls of Congress. Oh my God. I know. I get chills even talking about it now. It was like, Every time, well, every time, because we've done it. More, I mean, you've done it more than me because, you know, I've, I've didn't go every year, but it was just like this all inspiring, like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm standing outside so-and-so's office. I'm, this is like so-and-so, you know, it's just like all these people, like, it's just, it's a, it was a, I felt like all my grandmothers were with me, you know? Just, <laughs> well, like, I wanted to go back to the, the peace needs a peace wants a piece of the pie. But what I want to say just on what you just said was a very important aspect of the peace alliance, which is always, in my opinion, has set it apart from a lot of other peace organizations 
at least especially back in 2005 when there was a lot of like anti-war you know opposition between the anti-war groups and the four peace groups which you know there's two different energies involved in being anti-war and for peace we mm. always governed ourselves when we were advocating especially with the people that were in opposition to us like when we would go into republican offices that we would govern ourselves with uh, principles of nonviolent communication with uh, and we actually had a woman that was a trained facilitator in nonviolent communication that I don't I think you were very actively involved at the time when we would have monthly conference calls and she would like coach us as to how to best you know not come back in anger when somebody says oh the department of peace is like a crazy thing which you know <laughs> we heard a lot of you know that through the years but less so these days and then we would even like have a little sort of a meditation outside of the congressional office before we would go into the place so that we would get in touch with our heart and feel the love for what we're doing so that we bring that with us when we go into the offices oh yeah that was always very powerful yeah yeah i mean there's and there's science behind that too and you know just getting yourself into that state but well, you're an ex you're, you're a certified heart math person yeah right? yeah and that's that's the science is right you know we don't know how powerful we are you know until we can get into that heart space that that heart intelligence and using that in conjunction with this work is, you know, it's, it's mind blowing what, what can happen. So well, it goes back to what you were saying about self-love. It really begins with that. And, and I think that's one of the keys to where we're going now that people have realized through this whole election process, the polarity that exists, the, the, uh, the extreme opposition and that, we really want to transform it this time into getting back to love, you know, but I'm getting beyond myself because I wanted to go back and just say a little bit more about peace wants a piece of the pie. What the, when Julie and I, when you and I used to go around to congressional offices locally here in, in our uh, district in New Jersey, we would bring pies. And I think one year we did pizzas Yeah, and this was part of a national effort. So it wasn't just Julie and I going <laughs> into a congressman's office in South Jersey, but people at that same day during Mother's Day, whatever was the closest day to Mother's Day that could be coordinated uh, realistically throughout the country, that people were actually delivering pies. We had documented, we had basic talking points about the how peace, you know, it, we, we just wanted a small sliver of this huge amount of money that goes to war and all these other things. And, but the fact that we were doing it like in a, in a cooperative effort all around the country at the time, it was really very powerful. They still do it now and it's coming back again in a big way. And maybe this next year, it'll be when the pandemic is over you know, it'll be big. But and then there were also people that in the people that lived closest to Washington in those districts, like in Virginia, they actually would actually go into the legislative offices in Washington, bringing the pies so that they were we were working on two levels, the local level and on the national level for, yeah. for this. And it was. But my point is, it's just one of many uh, coordinated efforts that the Peace Alliance does throughout the year, like from January to April 4th, we do the season for nonviolence. 
And what we do is that we, we well, before the pandemic, we would go down physically and uh, try to get more co-sponsors and really focus on getting the co-sponsors. And then, of course, during Peace Day in September, that was that's when we do our big advocacy work. And I, and you came down last year with yeah. us, and it was I hadn't seen you in a while, and so glad that you're back doing this wonderful peace work that you're doing here with the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so happy to have this forum to to amplify all these voices, all this work that you're doing, and you know I. I just had this vision of us, you know, when we first met, we were going way back when we were at the, your towns, this was like what, 2000, it was right after I got ordained. So it was like 2005, 2006. Oh, okay. 2005, I think it was. Yeah, was the parade. Yeah, the 4th of July parade. 4th of July parade, where we were like advocating for the Peace Alliance and building, and this is a very very um, conservative town and we were almost weren't able to be in the parade, let alone like what we were hearing during the parade route. And it's just, you say like, we've heard it all about, you know, what is peace? Like, you know, this is all, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the crazy, you know, like, oh, but just to, to that, the first thing that you talked about with the UN resolution was like the education of peace and that it's not this airy fairy, not that I'm not an airy fairy person, but you know, there is, there is a, yeah, I'm like, I, I love sitting around and meditating too with a group of people and, or drum circles. I love all that stuff, but it's, there's, this is the work that reaches across the aisle. You know, this is the work that can, the, the logical thinking can kind of grasp that, sorry to say it always comes back to money, but, you know, the economic benefits of, of peace building. And so that's what I love about the Peace Alliance, because it makes so much sense. Well, number one to, you know, on for me, but the money aspect of it, you know, the savings, the cost mm-hmm. savings. And, and if we can reach those, you know, I mean, I just, it's a lovely concept of being able to reach across the aisle to talk to those talking points that will help somebody say yes to this, you know, and I remember sitting down when the first conference that I went to, Marianne Williamson was still, you know, she was part of this. She brought so much power to that conference and we had, it was a weekend. I met some of the people that I went to seminary with. You were there. We had a whole New Jersey contingent. I know. Yeah. And it was so great. And we had Deepak Chopra was there. We had the Beckwiths were there, Michael and Ricky Byers Beckwith. And yeah. And I remember they set the room on fire Sunday morning. I mean, literally the energy was so high. I mean, he just got us Dr. or Reverend Beckwith got us so inspired that a funny story is Steve. I don't know if you remember Steve, part of our contingent. I do. We all liked him. Yeah. Yeah, He worked for an airport around here as like the maintenance, he was like the head of operations or something. And 
the heater must have gone on in the room that we were in when Dr. Beckwith or Reverend Beckwith was speaking. He was giving his sermon. And the, the smell of like burning came, was coming out. And I looked at Steve, Steve looked at me and went running out of the room. And I went running out like, what is going on? And Marianne Williamson came running out like, what is going Like, is the room? And here it was just like the heat because the heater had come on. It was kind of burning the dust. You know how like you turn on your heater the first time and you have that kind of smell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the whole room smelled like that. I'm like, oh my God, he's lit the room on fire, <laughs> literally. And just going down. So we had this, like the all the whys of, of why to do all this peace building work on the, you know, that Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday is when we went and, and lobbied Congress. And I mean, talk about we, the people, that's what I kept saying. It's like, this is anybody can do this. Anybody. And that, that's what shocked me. It's like, yeah, you have to make an appointment. It's not like you can, you know, be, but you can just go and talk to your Congress people and they, they need to listen to you. They need to sit at the table and listen to you. It may not be them, but it's their staffer who has direct access. So it's, this is part of this, this democracy that you were talking about of, of really getting involved. And I think when people have gotten so, I don't want to say depressed, but just, that they don't want to get involved because it's so acrimonious or so whatever they're feeling. And it is, but I think more people of good heart and good consciousness have to go in and start making these changes and start connecting with their local governments because they, and with their federal representatives, because they're representing you, they're representing every one of us. So if you have this power to go and you could even just make a phone call, you can write a postcard. There's so many things that you can do to reach out to your representatives. And now that we have these new representatives coming in that they want to hear from their constituents, especially if it's something that is a pro you know, it's not you're against this or that, or, you know, it's, but you're for, if you're for peace, if you're for coming together, they definitely want to hear from you. And so when we saw, I think on Tuesday, they dropped the bill, Dennis Kucinich dropped the bill. The gallery. Yeah. And, and they were, they were pounding the gavel, like, Hey, all you people <laughs> up there, shut up. We're going to get kicked out. We're like, and I remember Steve was me. Yeah, Steve handed me his bag, like, hold this in case I, I'm like, oh, no, don't get, don't get in trouble. You know, like John Lewis said, getting in, in necessary trouble, but you don't have to get in this kind of necessary trouble. But it was such a momentous experience in my life, you know, that whole weekend of being there. So I'm sure, like, what else can people do? What else can our listeners do? Well, um, how much time do we have left? <laughs> However long you want. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I wanted to say a couple things before talking about that is that when you were saying the talking about the founding of the Peace Alliance and how dynamic it was then, and remembering that that, that was a special time in your life, I feel the same way. And the Peace Alliance evolved, and our little committee, the Department of Peace Committee, is still trying to like carry on the spirit that we felt back then 
And because every, you know, there's been so many things that have happened since then. I want to point out that during that time, the reason why it was so much of a learning experience, it was, if you remember, that's when the Iraq war was still going on. Yeah. And so to be talking about peace at that time, it was, you know, people thought that was unpatriotic. It was really a challenge. And so, but what I wanted to say was that each time we talk about it, whether it's to our congressperson or whether it's in the parade and we're making people think about peace building. And, and in those days, the reason why it was like so challenging when you came to Riverton to do our, to walk in our parade, when we all had Department of Peace t-shirts on and mm-hmm. I forget what song we were playing on the, uh, you know, Give Peace a Chance. Yeah. I think it was, that was in the motor, it, we had like a- no, Where's motor. the Love? It was Where's the oh, Love? By where's the, the Love? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was so prophetic because that's what they're saying now. Yeah. Black Eyed Peace. But there has been an evolution in my town that not only have we, I've been involved with, I became a delegate for Bernie Sanders back in the last presidential election because he was one of the original co-sponsors of the Department of Peace. And when I when I heard that he was running for president, I really got very much involved in my local politics and finally was so thrilled to have been able to be a delegate because of Bernie. Oh, and wow. but anyway, all of these things raise consciousness about peace building. And I want to I'm happy to say that our town is much more conscious of peace building through the peace poll that we set up that created a lot of conflict at the time, but through dealing with that conflict in a way that we try to be, you know, have nonviolent communication, we're, we're educating and planting seeds all yeah. the time like that. And especially I've noticed, and you probably experienced this too, a lot of our Congress people don't really know very much about peace building. More so now they, they, they do, but when we were first doing this, you know, we were learning how to become advocates and how you lobby. And, you know, you're making me remember about like how nervous we were scared to death the first time we went to their offices. And the more you exercise that muscle, the more you become skilled at all of the different aspects of of how to uh, conduct a meeting with your congressman. But to address your question about what can we do now, I've got to say that in the last few days, because of the election and what we've experienced for the last four years in terms of what I believe was an abusive relationship to uh, that are, this is just my belief that, that I felt personally, physically and emotionally abused by the appalling things that have gone on in the last four years. And now the fact that there's been a change that Biden hopefully is, is gonna be our president that there's an opening now, and but we realized like one of the shocks that our country, in a way that brings in the the ends, you know, that reconciles this polarization, and you know, Joe, then that's why the just to make the point, that's right. why right now the Department of Peace is is so important. Go ahead. Yeah. What? I'm sorry, my internet connection dropped out. So oh. can you repeat that last thing? Like after you said. Joe Biden, you know, hopefully will be our president. Can okay. you start over there? Um, let's see what I, <laughs> I know. I know. My brain is like, um, the fact that we are, we, that we still, we need to do healing right now on, on uh, having been abused as a nation. And yet 
we've learned through the results of the election that there's still a vast, vast polarization. And people that, like after four years of this abuse that we've all seen, they still, you know, I have to respect that people still are very upset about Joe Biden being the next president. So how we how we reconcile that is really why we need a Department of Peace Building now. Yeah. Because like we need, and I'm getting chills telling you this now, Julie, because we need, I was reading the bill before I, um, our podcast today, and these are the things that we all need to uh, to use in how we relate to the other extreme, you know, the people that didn't vote for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. This is how we reconcile that. And if we were to have a Department of Peace building now, it would show in good faith that we really, we really need to heal this nation. And in fact, uh, two things I want to say before I forget is that yesterday on NPR, on the, the morning show, Sunday show called On Being, there was this wonderful woman named Karen Murphy that spoke about healing our nation and about oh peace and healing our nation. And that's why this is like, this is the time that we've been waiting for right now. Yeah. Because people, like not only is it the politics, but the pandemic has just brought to light like all of the injustices that, uh, and then you're actually creating more injustices right now. So this is the time that like none of our old systems are working. We need the Department of Peace to be implemented so that we can apply. And even in, within Congress, how the yeah. Congress people, I mean, it's been like just so shocking that I know. the Democrats and Republicans, they don't talk to each other. In, in order to reconcile, the first thing you have to do is talk to the other side. Yeah. And, and I always said that, you know, these people work for us. And if we, if as a business owner or a CEO, if your people aren't talking to each other, they're not doing their job, you send them on a retreat, you send them into to do this work and they sit down and you, you talk to each other and like, there's, you know, you go and like do some, some team building practice. I always said, you know, we really need to have Congress, every one of them as they come in they need to do some mindfulness training or they need to do some kind of peace building yes. in themselves so that they yes. can help. You know, you know that used to be in the old, the old bill. And I've been meaning to thank you for reminding me that there was actually something in one of the old, I don't know if it was when Kucinich was still writing it or whether Representative Barbara Lee took it up, that they wanted this these principles to be applied. It was a sentence about the being implied to their to Congress as well. And I'm going to have to see if it's still in the legislation now. There was something else I wanted to say. Oh, I wanted to just say something really important. Mm -hmm. Back to your question, what can we do now? Tomorrow at nine o'clock in the evening, Eastern time, the Peace Alliance is going to have Dot Maver talk about healing and peace as as well as what I was telling you about the NPR was a show that you can, if you Google NPR, you can get yesterday's episode on peace and healing the nation. But our Dot Maver, who was one of the founders of the Peace Alliance, who is also one of the founders of the Global Alliance for Departments and Ministries of Peace, she's going to be speaking tomorrow from a, um, and, and I know she has a real deep spiritual background too. So for people that want to, it may be too late now because I don't know. Well, what 
Yeah, well, I'll put the link up because I did sign up for that. And if I can put some kind of link up in the show notes when this does air, that people can can get to it or see something of about it. So I'm sure it'll be like available in the future too if they can't get on it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's gonna be profound. <laughs> yeah, I already signed yeah, I signed up for that and I'm looking forward to to getting on there too. So great. <sighs> Yeah. So, Anne, oh my gosh, like you said, this is the time for the peace building, you know, for the time for the department of peace building and it's all this work that we've been doing, all the work that you have been doing. Uh, I mean, I'm so honored to have you here and to know you and it doesn't go unrecognized at all, but your dedication and it's just beautiful. And I'm so, and we're like five minutes away from each other now. So it's, I know. Yeah. I know. And our representative is the department of peace co-sponsor. I know we were there in the room. Yeah. yeah. And we were there in the room when it happened. So right. yeah. that was very exciting. And yeah. by the way, I, I was campaigning for his reelection and it, you know, it was, was pretty tight race here and we yeah. were, praying that he was going to get reelected, which he did quite, you know, substantially. And I thanked him again in person for becoming a co-sponsor because he had some concerns. And so we discussed, he doesn't have these concerns anymore. I'm happy to say it was about the relationship with how the department would intersect with the other departments, like the Department of State. And he has talked to Representative Lee about that. And they're trying to figure out how to really, how to address that. And he also said that I reminded him that the bill is going to be reintroduced again next year. And we're in the process now of revising it and making it more perfect. So if anybody has any ideas about that, now is the time to let us know. And uh, to go back to your point about what else can people do, if you go on the Peace Alliance, oh, you're going to send the link for the Peace Alliance because we would love to have more people involved with the Department of Peace Building committee and the campaign that would be awesome that you can sign up that way and get involved yeah. getting involved with your congressman getting involved with taking pies to your congressman on mother's day and during the season for nonviolence and if you want to go online we did a fabulous zoom program this past week in september which we had marianne williamson speak and dot maver and ambassador chowdhury you know talking about the international and we had people from the various countries that want to have departments of peace. That's something that, that people can you know, really get a sense of the Peace Alliance by going online and looking at uh, the information there. Okay. So. Oh, it's so exciting. It's, it really is. I, and I can feel it in the air that this is, this is the time. You know, this is, we've seen how quickly division can get into our society that we can't let it happen again. We have to really look at the signs and see what the, you know, we can't let division like this happen. So we really need to, to work and this is the time and what, and it's all levels of society, you know, and she was saying the woman from NPR yesterday that uh, was so articulate is that now I think it's time for people can really look at and start talking about what kind of a world do we want you know don't we want a world of peace and if we do you know we we really there's all these things that are out there that used to be considered 
things that people haven't been focusing on that we need to focus on now. Mm -hmm. And I just am grateful, Julie, that you are doing this today because, you know, it's hard to be to sustain enthusiasm for this because we all go, peace builders go through periods where we're like, are we crazy? Where is this just a waste of time? Yeah. But just having, allowing this conversation between us, I can feel my energy rise right now. And I just am so grateful to you for the work that you do. The fact that you, that you recognize how important of amplifying these topics are at this time. Yeah. So grateful to you. So thank well, you. I, I, I literally was, I had this idea, you know, I had this idea for a few years and yes. but it was just the stars aligned. And I like, if I said no to this opportunity, I know I would have been kicking myself for forever. You know, the, the class that I just started went through presented itself. And I like, I was like, I got to do this. And so it, it's just everything aligned. And I am just so grateful that I'm able to, to do this. And so, yeah, but I've just got to, I've got to just say to you, I remember the first time that you called me, you did not know me from Adam, but somehow you heard about this 4th of July parade in Riverton. And I can't believe as we're, I'm looking at you now. And that was like 15 years ago, you came over to our house and I thought, oh, she's going to think we're crazy. Because at the time, I'm, I'm very convinced now of uh, the work that we do and how important it is and how truthful it is and how essential. But in those days, I still didn't really know. And I thought, oh, you're going to think we're crazy. And yet you didn't. And then you, you've been like consistently part of all this. And to see you today doing this, it's just making me very happy. <laughs> well, I'm happy. I'm happy that I know you, that we we stay connected and that yeah. we may continue this work. I mean, yeah. it's, it's now is the time. That so, was the time. Amen. I'm, all right, Anne. Well, I will see you tomorrow night on the call, but I'm so thankful to have you and can't wait to. <laughs> Thanks. We'll be in touch. All right. Sounds okay. good. All okay. right. Love you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.